This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Power Moves, Ignite Your Confidence and Become a Force. Written and narrated by best-selling author Sarah Jakes Roberts and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Hey friends, welcome back to the Worth Your Time podcast. I'm your host, Erica, and I'm so glad you're here today. Today, my guest is Bobby McCormick. She's a mom to two by adoption and part of the Revelation Wellness Team, a nonprofit ministry dedicated to educating and inspiring people to live healthy and whole lives in Christ so that we can love others well. Now, you might remember her revelation from my interview with our mutual friend, Amia, a few months ago. So we talk a little bit about that, um, but a lot more too. Bobby is committed to the cross-section of faith and fitness, and she's lived that message out so well through her optimistic outlook on life, through her blog, fitness programs, social media messages, and her old t-shirt company, which the t-shirt I bought from her said, choose joy, and I love that sentiment. We talk today about that, but also really dig into the story of her adoptions, how she and her husband so beautifully trust God to lead them in that aspect of life, but also in career, geography, finances. That's right. Bobby and her husband are also on a journey to be debt-free by 40 and have fully embraced the Dave Ramsey way of life. You know I had to ask a few questions about that because I'm horrible at budgeting. Honestly, I was really inspired and moved by the way Bobby listens to God's voice and trusts it not to steer her wrong. I think we can all learn something from what she says about how she does that. Enjoy this episode with Bobby McCormick. All right, Bobby, welcome to the Worth Your Time podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, it's so good to see you. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's start out by getting to know you a little bit. Tell us who you are, who's part of your family, and what is most important to you. Okay, that's that's a lot. <laughs> I know, I know. You can well, <laughs> sum it up. Well, my name is uh, Bobby McCormick. Um, I have a sweet little daughter named Riley Joy. She's six and a son, uh, James, and he is about to be 11 months. And I've been married 13 years to my wonderful husband, Matt. Um, and I live in Phoenix, Arizona, but I'm originally from California. It's a little bit about me. <laughs> that sums it up, but we'll, we're going to dig into all of that. Um, I'll start by saying, you know, you and I met through blogging. I don't even know how long ago, years ago. It's like there's so many connections made through the old world of blogging. Um, but we've all kind of kept up with each other now that it's all evolved more into Instagram than anything else, I feel like, and the world of podcasting and all that. You know, do you still blog at all? Yeah, I'd like to say that I do. <laughs> You have a website. I have a website. I say once every six months when I feel inspired, but I feel like I've used Instagram now more as a like platform for like microblogging. I feel like right. that's kind of what my creative like spirit goes to Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I went through a phase where I didn't miss blogging and, but sometimes these days I'm like, man, I kind of miss that, like kind of the daily updates and just writing your kind of writing your feelings out and putting them out there in the world. And it's almost like, it's almost like weird to do that now because I 
never blog, and so it'd be weird to just put like one blog out there. But yeah, I think it has mostly transitioned to Instagram. And now for you, I don't. I know you do a couple different things, and one thing that you do is fitness stuff. You're like a fitness instructor, and you develop plans. You have your shreds. So mm-hmm. um, tell me about that part of your life and and what you do there. Yeah, so um, I kind of took a break for like a year to kind of restructure everything and figure out what I really wanted to do. I started teaching at gyms and whatnot. Yeah. So I have um, several different types of instructor trainings. And what I love to do is to help women um, just find themselves like whole in everything, like mind, body, spirit, like healthy in those areas. And so I like to work with people virtually. That's usually how I personal train people is online um, through all the connections with Instagram and whatnot there is. I also um, do lead Revelation Wellness classes. So two days a week, I meet in the park with some ladies and we do all kinds of stuff, hit workouts, drumming, strength training, and we incorporate, um, you know, everything from yeah, all kinds of different choreography, <laughs> like so is whatever that we like, want to do that day. <laughs> so is that like um, you, your class is kind of like you're the owner of that Revelation Wellness class or something? Yeah. So Revelation Wellness is an instructor training that you can go through that incorporates mind, body, spirit, everything. It's like the first time I saw like a faith and fitness type instructor training. Um, and yeah, so we just, and you can, you can join anywhere that there's like instructors. So we just started one here in our community and uh, yeah, people do them online. You can do them however you really want to. So yeah, the classes, I guess, are mine in a sense, but do they really, pay, like, but do they pay you or does Revelation Wellness get paid? Yeah. So they're really just um, $5 donations recommended. So really it's just come to the class. And if you want to give, you know, a donation, that'd be great. Just people. So not necessarily getting paid from Revelation Wellness. So how does the faith and fitness thing go together for you? Because I know that you were, you used to sell t-shirts. I don't know if you still do. Um, and I know that, you know, those two things are really, really intertwined for you. So tell me about that. Yeah. So yeah, I used to have a t-shirt company called um, Refresh Attire and Faith and Fitness. I mean, it's something that I knew I wanted to put together when I got my fitness um, instructing instructor training license, but I didn't really know how. And so I was kind of already doing it in my garage at home when I first got my personal training license and I started working from home. I was just leading Bible studies as well as doing like a fitness class, but I didn't know that uh, like there was someone else that you could go through or something that you could go through like an instructor training for it because I was, um, I struggled with an eating disorder in college and coming out of that. Um, I realized a lot of it was because I wasn't really relying on God and like letting him let me see myself for who I was in him and just, you know, getting too much into the world about being thin and all the things that you get fed lies about. Um, and so I knew that I wanted to share my freedom with other women, but I didn't know exactly how to do that without doing faith and fitness together because a lot of people would say, well, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to get out of this eating disorder or I'm never going to like lose weight to be skinny. There was just, there was just so many like mixed emotions I had about like wanting to share Jesus in that because I felt like that's when they were going to experience real true freedom. And so I really couldn't separate them. And so I just, God just led me to just do faith and fitness in my garage. And then when I moved to Arizona, 
I found Revelation Wellness like crazy. Had no idea. They're based there, right? Are they in Arizona? They are. That's what I thought. Yeah, they're based here. Yeah, I was invited to do a room to him and to serve on their uh, hospitality team. Literally, the first week I moved here, they had known me because Elisa had been following me on Instagram, and I had gone to a class when I first moved here. I was like, "Yeah, I'll check this." faith and fitness thing out. And Amia had told me there was one here in Arizona. So I was like, Oh, I'll go. I'm like, Oh, the whole corporation is here in Arizona. So long story short, you know, did hospitality with them, fell in love with everything that they were about. I'm like, this is, I'm already revving. Like I need to partner (laughs) with you guys. Like, how do I get to training? So I ended up, uh, that spring I went through training and then I, um, was able to start teaching, but I, Actually, the Lord told me to pause. I I was so excited. I had my training. I was ready to leave faith and fitness classes with more resources and more tools than I had before. And then I just really felt like the Lord said I needed to pour into my family. Like we had just moved. We started to foster. We started to flip houses and unintentionally. So fitness was kind of put on the back burner. And I was a little... I don't know, envious of all my cabin mates that I saw like using the instructor training, but I was like just trusting the Lord that he was going to use it in his timing and that it was still going to be there even when, you know, I came back to it a year later. So I kind of took a break for a year. So yeah. And now you're back at it. And now I'm back at it. (laughs) And are you still running marathons? Okay. So that's, yeah, that's kind of when we knew each other through the marathon running crazy blogging days. Yeah, I think so. Because I was... I think when I met you, I was in my really heavy marathon running phase where I ran like three in one year. (laughs) Boston, I wanted to run that race and I was like determined to like let everybody know about it on (laughs) blogging because that's what you did back then. And so I would post every day, sometimes three times a day about my training, my eating, all the things. So yeah, I did 13 marathons. And then when I started having, when we started growing our family, um, when kiddos came into the picture, I ran one more Boston race. Race and then I've taken a break. I I hung my jacket. Yeah. I say I always say I retired. I my yeah. <laughs> I'm I haven't run one since before kids, and I don't really think I will for for multiple reasons. One, just the time, because it's if you really dedicate the time that you need to actually run a marathon that feels decent and you actually can accomplish some kind of goal, you have to put a lot of time into it. And so I have been like half marathons are going to be my limit, but also have like injuries and all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. you may never, you know, you may never get to number 10 marathon. You may just have to hold strong (laughs) at nine. (laughs) So yeah, um, I haven't. Yeah. So it's been about, gosh, it's been probably five, five years. I do half marathons one a year and I do try to keep up my running, but, um, my body's not the same at 37 as it was in my twenties. So, but I do enjoy running still for sure. I just, and, and honestly it's expensive. Like that sport realized how much money I poured into marathons. I was, you know, with the travel and the signup fees and all the things and the shoes and shoes and you think you so. don't need you think oh it's just running but then i'm like but i have to have those wireless headphones <laughs> i need those like socks i you really do start thinking that you need a bunch of extra things so it does no, it, it totally. adds up so for you i don't know if you're 
um, mostly doing the stay at home mom thing, or do you have an income from some of the fitness stuff that you do online? Yeah. So I took a break from my shreds. I haven't really done a shred for about two years, about a year and a half, two years. Like in that year I took off. Mm-hmm. Um, I just would like teach a spin class and then I just started these revelation wellness classes and they are like donations. So you're not really bringing in a lot of income per se, mm-hmm. but really, um, I actually, went back to being a preschool teacher when my daughter was at the age of four because I wanted her to go to a Montessori school, but it's expensive and we are on a debt-free journey. And so (laughs) being able to put her in a Montessori school was just not going to happen unless I taught. So I taught for a year and a half so she could be in my preschool uh, class. And then we ended up moving far away from the preschool. So I took a break and now I actually teach two or three kids depending on the day. Um, I do just a couple days a week uh, like in-home childcare just so that I can okay. stay home. And Got now it. my daughter is in school, but I love the four and five-year-olds. That's totally my jam. Mm. And so it allows me to now stay home with my son because I thought, oh, my daughter's going to go to school and I'll sub or do more classes, but God had a different plan. <laughs> so. <laughs> Sometimes you meet them and you think, oh, just kidding. I don't want to yep. work. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, a good transition sure. then to talk about your kids. Um, now, <clears throat> You, your kids uh, came to your family through adoption and, um, I would just love to hear the story of how that came to be, um, and how you ended up adopting. I feel like this could be like the whole podcast. Um. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I, um, so my husband and I, when we first got married, we were on the five-year journey. We're going to be married five years, and then we're going to start having a family because that's what you do. You know, you get married at 25, and then you start to think about a family at 30. And um, about four years in, we were kind of like antsy and ready and thought, well, if I start getting pregnant now, then, uh, you know, it'll be the five-year journey. You have to be pregnant for <laughs> 10 months. Uh, so we started, and, you know, like I didn't get married, I mean, didn't get pregnant the first month, the second month, the third month, you know, I will say I wasn't super diligent about tracking because I didn't want it to be like super stressful in our marriage. And so when a year came up and I realized we hadn't really gotten pregnant, I thought, let's go to the doctors, let's get all the things checked out. And we did. And they just said like, we should totally be able to get pregnant. You have, you know, right now it's unexplained infertility because So I thought, okay, I'll start tracking more. But in that, when I left that doctor's appointment, I sat down with my husband and I told him, you know, we've always wanted to grow our family by adoption. We talked about it when we were engaged. And I thought, well, let's just get on that journey now. And if we get pregnant, then we'll have two kids because we wanted a big family. So we didn't care like if I got pregnant, like everybody said, once you start the adoption process, of course, you're going to get pregnant. And I was like, great. That gives us two kids. That works as well. (laughs) Yeah. Like that did not scare me. I'm totally a kid's person. Like I tell people, like I've always wanted to be a mom. That's like just something I've always wanted in my life. And so, um, we had friends who had fostered. So we thought let's go that journey, like through that, um, adoption journey. Let's do it through foster care. Um, we just were really blessed with great stories. I know not everybody has those friends who share good stories, but we Mm -hmm. did. So, um, literally I think after we talked about it a month later, we started the foster like paperwork and everything. It took us about six months during that time. We still didn't get pregnant. And, uh, we had our, I think almost exactly six months was our last home inspection and we were on the waiting list and we had asked for a zero to two boy or girl, like super open to anything, but we'd love to have a safely surrender baby because we really 
wanted a baby baby, like an infant. And we had friends who had um, had safely surrendered or safe haven for people that are not in mm-hmm. California. It's safe haven. And so, um, and that's a, a call. actually, we should probably say what, what exactly that means. Oh, okay. So basically if a, a mom gives birth, she can, she has the, um, I guess legal. Yeah. It's, it's okay for her to drop off her Legally child. Protected, a, yeah. 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 Her, her rights are protected if she drops them off at a fire station or, um, a police station or at a hospital. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and there's no questions asked. She doesn't get in trouble with the law or anything. So it's just a really safe way so that babies aren't being dropped in like dumpsters and stuff. So, um, it's, it's really great. And so they, so we got a call, our first call within like two weeks of being on the list. And it was for a boy and a girl. And we're like, Oh, great. A sibling set. Like we didn't say that, but sure. Why not? You know, a little anxious about it, but it was a boy and a girl. It was a little like, I think he was like two weeks old and she was two. We're like, Mm. this will be great. Um, came home, asked my husband about it. We're like, yeah, we're all in. We get a call the next day that we weren't chosen, which we didn't even know that we were in a running. We thought we were already chosen. They were so like, we were like, yeah, uh, which is heartbreak because I mean, we'd already gone through every month already having that negative, you know, pregnancy test and just kind of feels very similar to that. And so, mm-hmm. but we were like, you know what, like, let's not be discouraged. Obviously God wants us to keep pressing on and there's another perfect little child out there, children for us. So we did, we went right back on the list and a week later we got a call, um, that, um, our daughter was born and they were looking for parents who wanted to safely surrender baby and we were them. And so we went down there, um, we got to pick her up at three days old, um, and bring her home and every, like all the processes after that were super smooth. Um, we adopted her at almost exactly a year. So we were like, this is great. Now we'll just keep trying per se. Like we weren't going to stop trying. We got really involved with adoption and foster care. And there's a lot of different um, things that we have led through that. So it's it's been a really great journey. And when we moved to Arizona, we thought, well, let's re-up our foster license here. And we had to basically start from scratch, which was really hard because <laughs> yeah, you do so much lot. work, but you know, we weren't done. We were very content. I will say, I will say with Riley, we were like, you know what? Like, this is easy. Like one kid, this is great. And I know it's not easy for everybody, but she was a really easy baby. She, you know, she just really completed our family and it was, you know, life was good. You know, <laughs> like we were living it up. We were, we moved into a new house and it's interesting though, because I feel like in those moments of comfort is exactly when God goes, yeah, we're, we're going to shake it up a little yeah. bit because, you know, there's, I have more for you. Yeah, and you got to so watch out if you're too comfortable. <laughs> yes. And Revelation Wellness has taught me a lot about, you know, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. that was our season of life when we first moved to Arizona. So we started doing the foster care thing again and we got licensed, but it was a roller coaster. I mean, here in Arizona, they are just in desperate need for foster families, which is amazing how many people rise up and do it. And I have so much respect for people that do foster with children in their home and that that's their heart and their desire. Our ultimate desire was to grow our family and adopt. And so we still do want to foster like solely one day, but right now it was to grow our family. And so we got all certified and done, and then we got um, the amazing opportunity to foster two little girls, a two- and a three-year-old, oh, and we brought yes, them into our home. Yes. 
Yeah. So our daughter was three. So it was a two, our daughter was four. So we had a two, three and a four year old. And I was working, I was a preschool teacher at the time and life got walked. My husband suffered with anxiety for the very first time. We had never walked through any kind of like depression, anxiety that was never part of our story. And, um, the move plus the fostering, there were so many different things, um, that triggered him. And so he had several different anxiety attacks. Um, and we watched the church come alongside us and just pray over us and our family and walk through us. And I have so much like so much passion now to talk to women who has, whose husbands have anxiety and depression, because I used to think, Oh, they just, you know, you know, me, I'm like a very joyous sign, but you know, it's a real, I mean, you know, that too, like it's a, it's a huge battle. And so we decided to kind of pause on the foster thing. And once the girls, so we knew that we weren't going to be able to adopt them from the get go, but we had them for six months. Yeah. We, they had a sibling set of five Mm -hmm. and they wanted them all to stay together. And that's just not something we, I, my husband wouldn't, that was a lot. (laughs) Five kids is so many kids. Four girls and a little baby boy. And they would have been, they would have been 10 months, one, two, three, four, and five. (laughs) Like our four. Did they get adopted to a whole family? So, yeah. So their sweet uncle took them all in. So we knew that. So we kind of walked alongside him him to get him ready. So um, they all were reunited together, which was, so it was, it was still hard to say goodbye because that was six months that we invested into them. But like, it was such a bittersweet moment to know that they were all going to stay together. Um, and so after that, man, we took some time to recuperate and just kind of pray through what we were supposed to do next. And, um, you know, should we do private adoption? Should we do foster? Like, well, we ended up moving again. So then we had to do another home inspection. And so through that, it was kind of interesting. Um, we, I mean, no, like not to say anything bad about the foster, um, specific agency that we use, but they kind of pushed us out. They kind of said, we really feel like you and your husband need to privately adopt. Um, and we were like, what are you talking about? Like we, what, like we're still all in like, and we were really discouraged. Like, you know, there was moments of, um, I would say I was very angry with the foster care system and I didn't understand that. Oh, they're being too picky because they don't want kids that can't be adopted. Yeah, kind of. Yes. And we never said necessarily like we won't foster them if they're not adoptable. But for some reason, that's I think they just knew our hearts were to adopt and grow our family. And there was just a lot of miscommunication. But now looking at it, hindsight, like that was supposed to happen. Because um, from there, uh, we took a like a we decided to take a three month um, break and just pray. And we, I literally said, and it was December 16th. I was, this was last year, December 16th. We were on a holiday date night and I'm not a crier at all. And I sat there and I just cried the entire date night. It was supposed to be like this beautiful, like wonderful time together. <laughs> My husband, poor, he's like, doesn't see me like this very often. And I just made the comment, like, I'm really sad that this is going to be another year where our daughter doesn't have a sibling at Christmas. I knew it was super like silly, but I had four brothers and like, I just, we, I just didn't think our family was complete. I was really longing. My husband was very like comfortable, he would say. Um, but he was down for whatever the Lord, you know, had for us. And so, he said, we're just going to pray through it. And, you know, and I said, I, I, that day I said, I think that the Lord just needs to bring a baby to our, on our doorsteps. Like he's just, he's a drop a baby on our doorstep. <laughs> That's what needs to happen. 
or I need to get pregnant. Like, I just don't want my husband to have any more anxiety. I just want this to be smooth sailing. And that was just really me crying out all the things that I never cry out because as a seven on the Enneagram, we run from pain and I didn't want to feel any pain. And so, um, it was really good, like me vomiting on him that day. (laughs) And then (laughs) two weeks later, we got a call, um, from one of our really um, good friends, her, um, well, her baby was adopted, uh, two years ago and, uh, the bio mom was looking for another, um, set of parents to adopt their baby. Mm. Uh, well, she happened to be nine months pregnant and about to have a baby. So she could not say yes. She prayed about it, but she's like, if I say yes, which was so hard for her because that's her, her, her son's biological brother. Um, but she prayed about it. She came to us. We said, yes. Um, sadly, by the time she got back to them, they had said, we already chose another family. It was such a mess. And my heart was just so broken. Like, okay, Lord, like once again, trusting him, like, you know, what's best. But he, I was also like, for the first time, I think just like expressing them how I really felt. I think for a long time, I just wanted to be like, no, I'm happy. I'm content. I'm comfortable, but I really wanted another baby. And so, um, the day before our son was born and then on the December 20th, we got a call, I guess the other family had dropped out and then they needed, oh my <laughs> they, they needed a family to adopt, um, this little baby. And I didn't even know it was a boy. They said, um, she had her baby and you need to come and pick him up at the hospital. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we were like, what? The day okay. that you got the call or the next day that did you pick him up? So they called us, um, on the 20th at like 7 PM that she was in labor. Mm. And if we could sign papers saying yes. So I came home, told my husband through a lot of prayer in a very short amount of time. We had to say yes. And I mean, we, we got to say yes. It was totally a get to, we were so excited and, um, we, we came home, we were actually at a Christmas party and we came home and we just kind of waited. They told us not to go to the hospital yet. Cause they didn't know exactly if the mom was at the hospital or not. So long story short, they called us at 11 PM and he was born at 9 PM saying, Hey, you need to get to the hospital ASAP. She had the baby. <laughs> so we ran into the hospital where we met our son at three hours. He was three hours old. Wow. And, um, yeah. And it was a boy. We didn't even know it was a boy. So it was so exciting. So that's <laughs> so crazy. So then did he stay in the hospital for a couple of days or? Yeah. I, uh, we were there for three weeks actually. So we were oh, there for okay. three weeks, which is actually a blessing because, you know, it's kind of a shock when you're going to have a newborn. So being able to be <laughs> prepared and just, uh, getting things like settled at home and yeah, it was, it was beautiful being it, being the NICU, like was not super fun, but being there through Christmas and through New Year's, like the joy of having a baby and doing it all. It was, it was actually a really great experience for us. And, and so it was a private adoption, which was not something that we had planned because we were doing foster, which is free. So we needed to raise $15,000 in 48 hours. Wow! And my sweet friend, Sarah, she, um, put out a GoFundMe for us. And within nine hours we had $15,000 raised. Oh my so gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> through social media and our hometown, which is amazing here, like the Lord just provided. And I had no, I didn't think that it wouldn't happen for a second. Like I've watched thousands and thousands be raised for adoption like the Lord provides. Oh yeah. So yeah. That's so cool. So, so, now so, so what did you name him? 
Oh, so his name is James Robert, which is my father-in-law's name is James and my dad's name is Robert. So we named him after our dads. And we had picked that name when we were dating. So, but it still took us 21 days to actually like pick it out. Oh, 20. Oh my gosh, really? That's so hard to not have the name for that long. You know, and kind of a fun side note to this, um, tomorrow we actually are going to court to officially make him a McCormick. Aww, so awesome. we are super excited to do that. So, yeah. So God <laughs> kind of did drop a baby on your porch almost, <laughs> like <laughs> seriously. <laughs> well, and we were on our porch when we got the call. So we always kind he of. He heard you. <laughs> he heard me he loud like, and clear. I gotcha. Um, so now you can look back and look at the whole journey there to where mm-hmm. you got. So how can you, how do you look back at your life and your faith at that time? Like, what do you think you learned about God and about your faith? And how do you think you grew as a person through that experience? So, yeah, I always say that, um, you know, adoption is like, you know, it is the gospel. It really is. It's such a, such a beautiful picture of how the Lord redeemed us and chose us. And he calls us you know, his kids. And, and now I get to see that through adoption, which I knew would be one like part of our story. Um, I think it's interesting because even though, you know, I've watched, I've walked through infertility, we're still walking through infertility and I've watched the Lord provide. It's, um, one of those things where, you know, you think, well, I shouldn't worry about anything. Like the Lord provides, the Lord provides. (laughs) And, you know, something that God has been working on me a lot this season is, um, just looking at the whole, um, the whole picture of like creation and then the fall and then redemption and then restoration. And it's constantly moving and it's constantly something that we're going to have to deal with every single day because this is in heaven. (laughs) And so I feel like, I love being able to share my kids' story like through my eyes because it's a way that I can share the gospel to people without them being offended per se because everybody loves a good adoption story. Oh, yeah. Um, and I feel like it's also teaching me about adoption and what it truly looks like through redemption and um, just reconciliation with the Lord. And But I'm still walking through infertility, right? So I feel like God still uses... There's, I always say everybody has their own set. There's somebody like, I don't know if you've ever seen Jim Gaffigan says everybody has their McDonald's. Well, like <laughs> I think that everybody has some kind of thing that they are continually walking through. And like for us, it's infertility and, um, it's definitely still part of our journey, but it's something that we get to share with others about how the Lord has used it. And, and so feel privileged and honored that these are my kiddos and I get to raise them and I get to call them, you know, my kids, but they're ultimately the Lord's. And I, and I think that if someone is like walking through infertility, like, you know, and questioning whether or not they want to adopt and cause they don't know if they can love that kid as much as they, you know, will love their biological child. I always say our kids are never ours, like from the beginning. They're, they're God's, they're God's children. And if you're worried about foster care and then being taken away, they're never our kids from the get, you know, the get go. Like you could biologically, you know, you could get pregnant and something happens, you never know. And so I feel like it's just like, God keeps telling me to release something every day, whether it's my infertility, my kids, my friendships, like my husband, like just constantly teaches me to let go because it's not mine from the get go. And I need to like, truly trust the Lord in all of it. So, yeah. yeah. I think that's a really good point. Now, do you guys, um, so you still, are you still thinking that, hey, if I got pregnant, that's great? 
<laughs> so now we're walking through the other side, which is really interesting because we're not getting any younger. <laughs> My yeah. husband's going to be 40 this year and, and that's not old. Um, but we thought we'd be kind of be done having kids at that point. Um, mm-hmm. once again, I, I have, changed my perspective of saying my family's complete, or I've even talked about like, I can't say it's a forever home either, because we have now said that about three different homes and watched the Lord pull us from those homes. And so I think we just kind of live our lives with our hands wide open. Like, Lord, if I get pregnant, then we trust you with my body. We trust you with everything. And if somebody asks us to adopt a child, we we trust you in all of it. I don't think that we can say that our family is complete. I don't even know what that feels like. I know people say that all the time. They yeah. say like, you know, like, oh, if we feel like our family is complete, I don't know what that, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'll ever be able to say that. I don't know if I'll ever be able to say, but we are super happy and we are, we love our kids. And if this is what the Lord has for us, we would be so content with that. And like in a good way, not like comfortable, but like content and and joyful in it. So yeah, I feel, I, I kind of feel like I'm on that exact same pathway as you. Cause I'm think we're around the same age and um, I don't have that feeling either of like, oh, well, I know for sure that my family's complete. Like I have that feeling. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't, I don't have that feeling, but I don't know what that means because I also, well, as far as I know, I, mean, I also don't think I can get pregnant naturally. And, um, so I don't think that's going to happen. And, um, you know, we, we actually started going down the path, the journey of towards foster care recently, but we put a pause on it because things are stressful and I have a one-year-old, so I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) I I think I was getting ahead of myself, getting really excited about something, but not recognizing that I don't think that we're quite in this stage that we're ready Mm. to bring like another kid into the house. Um, But I do see that in the future. And really, I, I, I feel like we both have been like, yeah, we would adopt from foster care. It just doesn't seem like right now is right. But I'm like, but maybe later. I don't know, like God will show us, but it is weird Mm -hmm. kind of just sitting in that and being like, I don't know what's going to happen. But I guess in a way you could look at it as more that more like exciting. (laughs) Like what more does life have to offer? Right. So um, yeah, well, and it's complete surrender. I feel like you like, I feel like if we lived in this, oh, everything's happy and joyful. Like, you know, why would we be on our knees in prayer and and in awe of what the Lord does, you know? So yeah, I, I never want to say infertility is a blessing per se, like, because it still hurts, you know, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> the perspective in it has been a blessing. Yeah. Um, you said, I always ask people this when I hear them mention it, but you said, you know, the Lord um, had us move houses a couple of times. Um, what does that sound like to you? How do you know when the Lord is telling you to do something? <laughs> yeah. So three years ago, we were <clears throat> sitting at, we both used to work at a camp. My husband worked there last and we both felt the nudge to get out of our comfort, like complete comfort zone. <laughs> like we'd lived in California almost 10 years. Everything was going great. We had our daughter. I was leading boot camps out of my garage. My husband loved his job. Like everything was so good. And we had so many friends but we were always doing the hustle. Like California is like a huge, you know, hustling mm-hmm. type of place. And, and with working in ministry and we knew that was going to be our journey for a while. And we didn't really want that for our family per se. So we prayed and, um, it was clear as day. Like my husband, who is a very, he's a five on the Enneagram. He's very <laughs> analytical. He sees the big picture. He wants a checklist. He doesn't make any rash decisions. And he heard the Lord very clearly say like, it's time to go. And, 
I, for the first time being a seven, who's usually like, yes, let's do it. I was like, uh, no, what? Like, what are you talking about? Not, not the desert, not Arizona. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, like leaning and trusting on my husband who I totally believe was seeking out what the Lord's wisdom was in that. And we wanted more for our family, you know? And so, I mean, worst case scenario, we move back, right? <laughs> like, you know, I think someone once told me like nothing's forever. And so it's okay to jump sometimes. Um, and with wisdom, of course, yeah. and my husband's a very wise man, but we jumped big time. I mean, we left without selling our house. My, le- my husband left without another job. People thought we were being in- irresponsible. Um, I mean, even our family was very not on board. <laughs> and uh, it hurt, but you know what? We had to trust what the Lord was telling us to do. And so, um, thank the Lord, he sold our house. Um, and my husband got a job, which allowed him to get his master's for free. And now he's in a job that he could never have seen that coming in California. But you know what? Like life's still a journey. And so we ended up flipping two houses unintentionally here in Arizona because we didn't know exactly where to move. And, you know, we were just, just constantly leaning into the Lord and being okay with changing our mind. I don't think that people do that enough because they think they're afraid maybe to fail. And I think that we were both at a point where like, we're not failing if we're doing it to a hundred percent, like for our family, like we're Mm -hmm. doing it because we want more for our family. We want more. We want to be able to serve more and we we don't want to be stuck in a home. We don't want to be stuck in a job. And so I don't know, our values just, I think have always been the same, but we always say that our cause is bigger than our comfort, you know, like yeah. our cause is bigger than us being comfortable. And so sometimes we were in season of like selling a house and having to get out in like two weeks and flipping a house. And then finally the Lord allowed us to rent. And so we've been renting for a year and now we're finally building a home, but who knows how long we'll be there. We can't say <laughs> this is our forever home, but yeah. we really like it and we want to use it for God's glory and we want to serve in it. And so I'm just okay now. I think we're both okay with being uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's kind of when you jump ship, you kind of figure that out. <laughs> well, it's like you said, the more uncomfortable you are, the more comfortable you get with being uncomfortable. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. You said so it perfectly. <laughs> let me ask you this. How do you flip a house? I mean, I couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, in Arizona, I will say two years ago, the market was crazy. And when we moved here, we had no idea where to live. And so we've moved into a neighborhood that wasn't the nicest. We didn't know that. And so we bought a house for like nothing. And I like to do interior design and just kind of like, it's like a hobby of mine. And so we ended up just putting in floors and painting and decorating and not All by really yourselves. Doing, uh, we had help. We had a friend who was okay. a contractor, but we, we helped him do it. Like we didn't, we, he didn't do it alone. And, um, yeah, so we would pour money a little bit into the house and then honestly, like just staging it really well. And then the Lord allowed us to sell it for more than we bought it for. And then when we, we were only there for four months and then we moved into another house that was already flipped, which was amazing for the most part, but we still did a lot of stuff to the backyard. And once again, staged it a, a year later. And because the market had gone up so much in a year and honestly, it's just, I don't know, like staging is everything. Like I really, <laughs> 
if I could take on another hobby, I think staging would be one of those really fun things, but it wouldn't be fun anymore to me because then it would be a job. job, Anything that's a job for me really never really becomes a friend. (laughs) I mean, it's not fun anymore. So, um, so yeah, so I just, I, I think I just, we, we both worked really well together. My husband's very practical in what needs to be done with the house. And I'm very like, well, if I walk into a house, this is what I want to see. So I, I, I frequently go to model homes. <laughs> I wish it's, I had a brain a like that because I just remodeled my kitchen and I had to hire someone to do <laughs> what you're saying you like to do because I I look at like a kitchen or a living room and I go, I have absolutely no idea what you're supposed to do. <laughs> like I would make this horrific, I would make horrific choices. I have no idea what colors go together, what textures. Like I would pick like all the same color items and like <laughs> it would just be a mess. So... Um, so we had help and our kitchen looks great. So in part of it, well, in part of it is like, um, I know a lot of people don't love Instagram and looking at all the pretty things. Like people are like, Oh, I like compare myself and want to be, I do not look at that at things like that. I actually get just to get inspired. Like it's inspired. And I'm like, you do you like, you're amazing. Like my kitchen, like it never looks like that. But, um, and I also know like the truth behind Instagram. I'm not, you know, so I, I applaud people that take time to take beautiful pictures and inspire me. So a lot of it's from other people. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't come innately. (laughs) Totally. Well, that kind of leads me to ask you about your debt free, um, thing. So you guys have gone full Dave Ramsey and you even started an Instagram account for this debt free by 40. So tell me about it. How does it work? What you're doing? So moving to Arizona kind of got us on the snowball of that because we were able to flip two houses and put a huge amount of like pay off a lot. So I thought it was going to just die with my student loans. (laughs) <laughs> Basically, it was like, this is just what's going to happen. My husband was very fortunate and he got his school paid for. Um, but my student loans, I'm like, well, you know, but I'd have, you know, used my degree and whatnot. And so when I started working, I started listening to the Dave Ramsey podcast, like religiously, like every, it was an hour drive there and an hour drive home. And I like was like, by this, this, I've heard this. My parents told me about it, but I just, my ears weren't right, really wide open. Yeah. <laughs> And so my husband's always been really good with finances and that's totally his thing. But me, I, I have not at all. Like I am a seven, so I like to spend money and enjoy life and, um, saving to me doesn't make sense. YOLO, right? So, <laughs> um, my, my wonderful husband has, um, walked through like helping me understand like yeah. savings is a good thing. And so just, it was just the right timing. Like I needed to hear the Lord through Dave Ramsey and be like, no, like we can get out of debt if we make some really um, big decisions. And so um, I just sat down and, and had my husband like draw us out a plan and started doing the cash system, which was huge. I don't do well with a card. I just think that thing keeps, it'll keep, if I keep using it, it'll keep working, right? It's <laughs> money just comes out of the credit card. And so I do really well with the cash system. I know that's not everybody's thing, um, but if I don't have cash, I don't have cash. So it has really helped me to manage my funds. Now I'm not perfect. I definitely have had months where I've pulled from the Christmas fund and I'm not supposed to use that money, you know, and I'm still learning and it's still a journey, but I'm way more intentional about how we spend our money. And I think like, I don't know, it's like one of those things where we, 
my husband and I have such different interests. And so it's really brought us together and to even do like an Instagram account, which we've kind of ignored for a little bit here. (laughs) We need to, we need to get back on it because when you kind of, when you stop paying off large chunks of money, it's just a very slow process. Yeah, It's not super exciting. And so it gets, you can get unmotivated really easily, especially when you watch people do things and you're like, I wish we could do that, you know? And so, um, I've had to bet we've, my husband and I together have had to balance of like, what does it look like to still enjoy life and to do things with our family, but at the same time be hyenas as Dave Ramsey says. And like, I don't feel, I feel like we're kind of balanced. We're not a hundred percent Dave Ramsey. We are, we do our best to be very diligent, but you know, sometimes like with the reason we kind of pause and haven't been on um, our account as much as my husband's mother is really sick. And so he's had to fly back and forth to Tennessee, which was funds that we did not anticipating on using on flights. Um, it was there, praise the Lord, because we saved money that we were supposed to put towards debt. But so it's kind of like stopped us from snowballing, but now we're, we're, we're getting back up there. So it just takes time. And you, you have to just have like a mentor, like we have mentors and people pouring into us because it can get really, I don't know, unmotivating is the best word. Well, what's a, <laughs> what's an of. example of something that changed in your spending, like a specific example? Um, uh, so I've never been like one of those people that just buys expense. I've never been a brand person. I don't have expensive purses. I don't have expensive wallets. That's not really where I spend. I like to buy things for other people. And I like to, like I said, like do experiences. And so I kind of now look at the whole month. I feel like I look at the whole month and I think, what are the things that we really need or the things that we really want to do with the family? And I just, my priorities, instead of just like doing it in the moment and Mm -hmm. buying it in the moment and, oh my gosh, I have this birthday I didn't know about, you know, and those things still come up for sure. And I plan for them, but I'm more intentional about like looking at the bigger picture, which as a seven on the Enneagram, when I'm healthy, I am someone that looks at the bigger picture. And so it makes sense why now the Dave Ramsey thing is like, is a lot more on my radar because I'm healthier (laughs) with my spending. So yeah, sitting down like once a month, we have a financial meeting every month and we look at the bigger picture and that helps both of us with the spending and the cash wallet system for me has changed everything for our marriage because once it's gone, it's gone. So you're still doing that? You still do it? We still do it. And I don't even have like a card, like, you know, at all. I, at all. Like I go, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, okay, I have $2. So I, I'm like, all right, I'm going to like lead another class to make a little extra money. Like, I'm just like, how can I make extra money? You know? And it just, it really helps me like to really make sure that I don't go down to zero. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I am not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you and a lot of other people. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, my husband is really good with his money as well, but we actually have never combined our accounts. And so like I have my own thing and he has his. And, um, and so I'm always just all over the place and have no idea. I mean, I'm not a huge spender and I'm always like kind of coming in even, but I, I know that like I'm wasting so much money simply by not tracking it, but I haven't been able to get myself together. Anyway, that said, I know a lot of people have done Dave <laughs> Ramsey. I can see that it's working for you and I'm really glad. And anybody that wants to uh, learn more about it, I guess they're not posting much on their Instagram account, but maybe they'll they'll start now after yeah, this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but anybody yeah. can look up Dave Ramsey. He's always around. Totally. And like I said, you have to figure out a balance. You know, I'm not 100% 
die hard, everything, you know, so you got to find what works best for your family. Well, I heard actually, well, it was Rachel Cruz the other day, you know, Dave Ramsey's daughter. She said something like how, like at one point in her life, she tried to go off of their budget and she's like, actually, it was like, it gave me so much more anxiety to not be on a budget because it just felt Mm. like so out of control because I had no idea what was being spent. And I'm like, I know that that would help my anxiety about money if I would just track it. (laughs) And my husband is the king of Excel spreadsheets and yet I still can't do it. But maybe this is just one more step pushing me that way. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. Okay. Okay, Bobby, you've been married for 12 years. Do you have any good Mm -hmm. marriage advice for us? So, yeah, I I feel like, you know, it 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 is something that you're always having to work on. You can't like for us, like we are always growing together. There's always something that we're learning about one another. I feel like um to be completely honest, I keep talking about the Enneagram because it has like literally changed our marriage. Um, um my husband and I understanding like how we function and what our motivations are has helped us to understand each other and help us to be more patient with each other and not just think that Oh, that's weird. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, that's just how you operate. And that's how God designed you. And I can now see like little quirks that might have annoyed me with my husband be like, oh, no, that's just how he's wired. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that's okay. And, and I think like always like doing things to spark your marriage as well is huge. Like date nights to us are a huge priority in our marriage. Um, and I know for me, someone whose love language is quality time, I can start to, you know, feel like, okay, I don't feel connected to my husband. And that's because we haven't had a date night or had time, you know, with kids, like sitting and having an intentional conversation is so yeah. very like rare, but it's so important. And I didn't realize that I think until we really had two kids. Cause I think one yeah. kid, it wasn't as hard, but now with two kids, like I need intentional time to connect with my husband. And for me, that could be just, you know, putting our daughter in sundown and having a date night in, it doesn't have to be out. And for my husband, he is like a very, like he needs, he needs it to be planned. Right. So he like, he wants me to plan it and have it happen, but he loves it when it happens, but he would not necessarily think about it. You know, that's not his, his forte. And so, but, um, so yeah, so just always growing, always learning about each other. Like, don't just give up. (laughs) I think like, you know, you're not, you're never too old to learn something new about yourself, let alone your spouse. And so having those times and like, you know, and always growing together in the Lord for sure. Like it's okay. Like one of us is always going to be a little stronger. And so like holding each other accountable in that has been huge for our marriage. Um, like I have friends who recently told me they've never prayed together with their Mm. husband. And that is huge for us. Like we do that very regularly and it's, um, it's very intimate. It's a very Mm -hmm. intimate thing. And I think not enough women do that with their husbands or with their, um, fiancés or boyfriends. Like I think more, I would say husbands because it is a really intimate thing. And so I think that that's something that you do get to share with your husband, you know? And so that really grows us together when we are regularly praying together. And, um, I know that we're really good at doing it separate, but sometimes we get out of the rhythm of doing it together. And that's just draws us close together. It's another piece of that intimacy and connection. Um, and having fun, like, 
you know, like we love to have fun. We are like two big dorks when we go on dates most of the time. <laughs> like we do our thing right now is trivia. Like we go to trivia nights and, you know, answering silly questions and just being like silly and acting like, you know, we're teenagers. Like that's huge for us. Like, and so, yeah, like just keep having fun together. Yeah. I think that's all really good advice. Um, okay. So a couple end of the podcast questions. Do you have any role models or inspirations that you really try to live your life by or people that just really stand out to you? Yeah, that's such an interesting question. I was like, uh, well, I have like some mentor mamas. Like mm-hmm. I have two people in my life, Sean Baker and Sandy Bacher, these ladies who have been in my life for about 10 plus years, either working by my side or just being in my church family. And they are, they have grown children now. So I've been able to watch them through their kids when they were in elementary, high school, and now their kids are like in college and married and have kids. And watching the mother, even before I was a mom, I was like, I want to be that mom. Like they are so amazing. They're so loving. They, but they also disciplined very well. Like, you know, it wasn't just all fun. And I knew that everything that they, we're learning was from God. And so they're just amazing women of God that I looked up to and I still do. And now I get to like, like let them continue to pour out into my life as a being a mom and being like, what did you do with this? You know? So I look up to them a ton. Awesome. And what is the best advice you'd like to pass down to your kids? Oh, pass down to my children. Or the next generation, whatever. (laughs) You know, something I I was trying to think like best advice, you know, because you get so much, you know, in so many years, but something that's kind of more recent and also part of marriage is believing the best in others. Mm -hmm. That is huge. Like grace over grace. Like the world (laughs) needs more grace. I think Believing the best in your friends, in your children, in your spouse, like in anybody, like in your mama friends. Like I just did this huge Instagram post about this because I think too often we get so focused on ourselves and we don't think like, you know, maybe they just forgot or, you know, Mm -hmm. and there there could be times where we have every right to not believe the best, every right. But you know what? Like life is going to be so much sweeter and so much like peaceful if we just believe the best in people. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Celebrity you would most like to have dinner or drinks with. (laughs) So I absolutely love Christy Knuckles. Mm -hmm. She's from a band called, I think her band back in the day was like watermark. Maybe not. I don't know. I could be wrong, Um, but she is a musician, but she also does a podcast Yes, and I love her voice. I think she has the most gentle spirit. Like she's such a beautiful woman of God and I like admire her and like, I just want to sit and hear her talk. <laughs> like I want to sit on her porch in her farmhouse and drink coffee together. And I think she has to have a lot of wisdom to like give me. So yeah, yeah. I think we'd be really great friends. <laughs> so is she going to be one of your podcast recommendations? Yes, definitely. You should check out Glorious and the Mundane. It's one of my favorites. She doesn't podcast very often though. So when it comes out, it's kind of like Christmas day. Oh, You're fun. like, oh, yay. Like she podcasted, but I love it. Cause the re- you know, she's a busy lady, but yeah. it's still beautiful when she does. Yeah. And podcast recommendations also go and tell gals by uh, Jess, Jess Connolly. <laughs> I love that one. Revelation wellness. Yeah. So if you, if you run or do any kind of working out and you need some motivation to do it, that's a great podcast to run to, or just to be still to. 
Um, the most recent podcast I've been loving, which I guess she has a book, so I need to get her book now, is um, Rhythms for Life with Rebecca and Gabe Lyons. Hmm. Have you heard of this? I oh know. Who, yeah, I didn't. I don't think I realized she had a podcast, but I definitely know who she is. Yeah, Rhythms for Life. It is been I've shared it with like every single person I know. Okay. <laughs> you all need to yeah. Is that so um? Good. No, I was gonna say because I know she just adopted a little girl with Down syndrome yes. from China. Well, right. They so I have only listened to about maybe five of their podcasts. They haven't gotten to that yet, but they did adopt. So I'm, okay, I, I heard her on a her. bunch of other podcasts <laughs> because she just okay. came out with her book. So um, yes, um, yeah, I think I think I may have heard about that. Okay, awesome. Well, you're saying it like it's so good. I haven't tried it. I'll have to. Do you have any book recommendations? Yeah. Well, I've just started reading Jess Connolly's new book, Girl. Um, you're, you're the, the girl, girl for the, the job. job or- you're the girl for the job. Just started mm-hmm. reading that one. Um, I absolutely loved Come Matter Here. That mm-hmm. was a great read this Ooh, I'm going to meet her um, next month. Because, oh, my gosh. Yeah, she's her. coming she's to great. an event that I'm going to. Um, I haven't read that book, though, so maybe I should. <laughs> I I read a lot this summer because I did audiobooks for the first time, and mm. it was amazing. Like, I was like, why haven't I not done this? Like, it just <laughs> makes you, you can read so much more. Yeah. So, yeah, those are great books. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, that's it. We're at the end of the podcast, Bobby. Thank you for Yay. sitting through it. For, for those listening, we had a couple child interruptions that <laughs> I've edited out, no doubt. But uh, thanks for thanks for doing this. And um, I really appreciate it. I love all the stuff that you're doing. I love your story and the message that you shared, especially about just kind of being flexible and open to whatever God has for our lives, because we might as well be, because we, we are never going to know. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. It's been great chatting. Hey guys, I know we covered a lot today, but thank you so much for listening into this episode. I really think that Bobby had some gems of wisdom to share. So I hope that you enjoyed it, that you will connect with her, check out Revelation Wellness And uh, oh yeah, if you're enjoying the show, will you go leave me a little rating and review on iTunes? I know it's a lot to ask, but it only takes a minute and it would mean the world. Thanks so much and I'll see you next time.